God can use anything offered to him. Most of all, a willing mind and an open heart. And uh, I'm very privileged to be able to be here with you tonight. Uh, it's a privilege to be able to be part of this church and to have been accepted into the membership Sunday. And uh, already God had answered her prayer uh, with Katie's salvation. She had made a profession young, and uh, she had begun a couple years ago having some doubts, but um, it's the Word of God that has to bring assurance and convincing, and the answer is found in the Word of God, and it's not mom and dad that can say you are or you are not. It's the Word of God and the Spirit of God. That's His job, and I'm thankful that we have a faithful God who answers prayer in that. It was the first Saturday night, just a little parenthesis, 2 o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call, Dad, are you still awake? And I'm like, uh, well, now I am. And, uh, but that was the best 2 o'clock in the morning phone call I ever had. So I'm very thankful for that, uh, for what the Lord has done. Please continue to pray for the folks up in uh, Canada, uh, not just with our church there in Sherbrooke, but the... Uh, uh, several other churches and ministries that are struggling right now, and uh, keep them in prayer, and, and even in the Northeast. I've had several of the preachers, Brother Marshall got to meet last fall, and uh, the devil has really been doing a number on some of those churches as well, and we'll keep, keep them in prayer. Well, Brother Marshall said he wanted to hear me preach. Well, We'll see if he says the same thing afterwards. Uh, for I got the privilege to hear him preach several times, and it's a blessing. But I would say this. God, uh, when he asked me to preach Monday, I had several messages the Lord had begun putting that to be praying about. But today, after a phone call, the Lord changed all of that direction um, for what he, what I believe God would want us to have tonight. Last night, I don't know for you, but that was a blessing. If you did not feel the Spirit of God here last night, then you're in serious need to renew a relationship with the Lord. And uh, it was a, it was a privilege. It was a blessing to partake in the remembering what the Lord has done for us. And I, I've told our folks for years up there, and I, I'll tell anyone, it's not what we do for God, but it's what God has done for us. God does not need man. He chooses to use man. And <clears throat> the privilege that we have that God would even think about, that often would reflect. Last night was... Uh, and with the service being more somber and the lights, it brought some reflection. Uh, years ago, I used to play the piano for our church when I was younger, and I'd go Saturday nights to the church to practice because we didn't have a piano at the house. And, but I would often play with reduced lighting and just be playing and fellowshipping and communing with the Lord. And the music that was being played last night as we're in reflection of what the Lord has done for us and stuff. 
in his sacrifice and what his love brought him to do. Uh, his love for his father and the obedience to be willing to go to Calvary. The father and his love for us that he would give and sacrifice his only son and turn his back on him. Uh, the son in whom he's well pleased. Um, we have received so much from God. We need to be thankful. And I believe eternity will reserve an eternal thankfulness of spirit to the Lord. <clears throat> but as I was reflecting today and this afternoon, the Lord began to change some of the direction that he, I had been thinking. And tonight the message is not a typical type of message. And if you will permit me, I, I, I want to speak candidly and of the burden of the heart uh, tonight. It's the state of many churches, the state of Christianity that we find ourselves in in 2022. So many people are upset over political issues, over social issues, but so few are upset that God is forgotten. And if we're not careful, we will fail to see that the times that we're living are also the times that the light can shine bright. As I said, there is a need for strengthening of faith. If I could give a title to the message, it would be Contend for the Faith. Contend for the Faith. Because the hour is coming when faith, the Lord said when he returns, the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? And I want to provoke this question. Was he speaking of the lost world? Or was he speaking of people who professed to know him? You see, when he was asking that question, he wasn't talking about the ones who cried crucify him. He wasn't speaking of the the. the the priests and the, the, who were hired liars against him and all of that before Pilate. He wasn't speaking of Pilate washing his hands of his innocency, no. He was speaking of those who say they know the Lord and they love the Lord, but yet in the hour when the Son of Man is going to return, the context that we find ourselves in, he asked the question, will he find faith? And it brought a reflection of the time we live in the time we as Christians, we as a church, we as churches in the need. Many are falling to the side. Many churches are closing their doors. Many churches no longer have allowed an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And I appreciate the preaching in this church because it is the Spirit of God trying to be honest with us, speaking, behooving us, invoking us to, to draw nigh to him because he wants to do for us as a church. And last night was a testimony to that. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful. It's funny because when the pastor wanted to sing the song, I had just thought in my mind, that'd be a great song to close with. Jesus. Jesus. You know, we'll never get tired of saying that name. All eternity, 
We're going to be every time. It's going to be on our lips. It's going to be on our mind. Where would we be without Jesus Christ? But we're living in a time of great dangers spiritually. And it reminds me here in 1 Corinthians 10, 12. I guess I'm supposed to turn that. Where it says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth taketh heed lest he fall. There are so many churches that are very busy for God. Yet it seems the Spirit of God has not been welcomed into the doors. There's many things that can be done for God. But we need to come to the house of the God with the heart and the desire to meet God. To present ourselves to God that God would would be drawn and and pleased to want to meet because of the preparation that we've yielded our heart to the Spirit of God to to be free to work in our heart and the preaching of the Word of God to have an effect in our lives. I appreciate what Pastor had said before I'd gone up this last time at the men's breakfast about encouraging the men of the church to speak the truth, say amen. When, When the Word of God's being said and it's being you know why? Because we're in a time where political correctness and, and all of this inclusiveness is, is killing the spirit to say, that's true. Not because I'm the perfect example of it, but it's true. In spite of what I may be or you may be, it's still true. You see, there's something interesting about truth. And how men receive truth. For some, it makes them angry and they're, they're pushed to deny truth. They, what do you mean by that? Well, you just don't love enough. Or you can go on the way people react with truth. Others seeking truth, they obtain truth as some useful knowledge to put on some shelf so that they can pull off at some later date when it's beneficial to them to spout off a knowledge of truth. That's vain. That is absolutely vain. What's the purpose of truth? To set you free. Free from what? The bondage of sin. Truth is to set us free so that we can be free to serve God and to love God and and to draw near to God. And last night, was where we were to examine ourselves and we were to come before God asking God, God, tell me the truth about my relationship with you, my situation with you, because I desire our relationship to be right. You see, but the real spirit in which to receive truth is a spirit that when one hears truth, he considers it. It's not all emotional. It's not all anger or, or all excited like at the ball game when they lose the ball, you know. But it seeks how it can be applied. Did you walk away last night with the thought, Lord, what you spoke to me about, how can tomorrow be different? How can I use what you're teaching me to, to
to allow you to change in me. There's a children's song. I worked a lot with our children's ministries. And that song, I often will sing it to myself. I don't sing to people. I know. But the song says he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Oh, he made the mountains, moons, and the stars. But he's still working on me. And the day is going to come in the twinkling of an eye when the completion of his work of grace in our lives will be evident in a way we have never known. That day will come. But until that day comes, we need to be open to receive truth. It seems that many prophecies from the word of God, people will be drawn to come to that. Many people come to seek and to hear prophecies or to hear interesting subjects. But I want to challenge you in 2022. Come to church with the idea, Lord, grow my relationship with you. Lord, grow my love for you. Grow, Lord, your grace in my life that others can see what you've done. I love what Brother Mike does Wednesday nights and the challenges that he produces. And he challenges us to talk about the Lord. But you know, soul winning is not a how-to. It's not a card like a vacuum cleaner salesman going around. And and it's not a one, two, three. You know, the maniac that God saved, and we'll get to the message, but the maniac God saved that had a legion of demons He wanted to follow the Lord, and the Lord said, no, no, you stay here. But you tell them what God has done for you. He didn't have some big long list of training of soul winning. But you know what? The next time the Lord came through, the whole village was out to see what the God did for one man. What God has done for you, for me. This is what the world needs to hear. Because they need to know that the God who could change a little boy, a God who could change a druggie, a God who can change an old man, 70-some years old who gets saved, has something to offer that's not fake. I want to say something tonight, and that is we need to know the spirit of our times. And I think... We look at prophecy for the excitement of the Lord coming back and all of this, but I think sometimes God will tell us the time so that we understand what we have to deal with and to prepare us to be willing to be used in those times. I was reflecting about that. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, if you will stand, we'll read verses 1 to 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, Heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, 
that could be easily describing much of our, our society today. That could be describing our government and, and all, all of our leaders today. And that could be much that would get our ire up and we would be so, oh, we got a campaign against that. But verse 5 is there. That's not to the people who never go to church. Verse 5 is also to the people who say they love God and they're Christians. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Let's pray. Father, I want to ask that you would bless the service You've been so faithful, Lord, in preparing our hearts last night. And we want to rejoice this coming Resurrection Sunday, Lord, and all that you've done. And your faithfulness, Lord, is to be proclaimed throughout all ages for all time, Lord. But I would pray that you would use the few minutes we have and that you would use this vessel the way that you want. The Holy Spirit would have the freedom to speak to our hearts and to encourage us, Lord to edify and build up our faith, I would ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I was struck, and tonight it's a message more about reflection because when I got sick, I had a lot of time of reflecting up there. And some of the reflections I've been going over are some of the things God has led me to talk about tonight. And that, and that is, we, we've heard often, perilous times, we know what's happening in Ukraine and Russia and all of this, and I do believe this is setting up the stage for the world to want a peace. It'll be a false peace, but I believe God is setting the stage for us to see the return of our Lord Jesus Christ and the rapture. I believe that timing is coming quicker than we have any perspective of. But there's still a foundational problem. And that problem God wanted to deal with with us last night as a church, and that is love. See, you either love self or you love God. And what, what we see in the garden, the core to the bottom of the sin, the motive for sin was self-love. To be like God, not to have to accept God as if, but to be like God for self, to know right and wrong for self. The motivation is love. And love can be what draws us to God or love for something other than God draws us away from God. So, question, is it possible our churches and our homes are victims of this spirit, of the day we're living? Because I, he may have been referring back then, 2,000 years ago, but I believe we are now on the threshold of this time he's talking more than ever. Of the spirit of the time. When have men been more men, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemer, disobedient, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Just look at this list and look at what they're trying to jam down our throats that our children have to be subjected to. That gender and all of this stuff and all of this garbage, you have no say in it. Really? God has a say in it. God has a say in it. 
Why are so many churches dying and closing their doors? Or yet, worse yet, like we see in Revelations, they're dead, but they think they're alive. I believe it behooves us tonight to understand the hour in which God has chosen for us to live. I was reflecting on this. Do you know God chose for us to be living tonight and not when Paul was writing? We're the generation God chose to be alive when the Son of Man is going to return. Now some of us, we may not make it to there, but this generation will. And that was God's choosing. And I believe we need to, as saints of God, have some wisdom and understanding if God has chosen that we're living in such a time and that we heard the gospel and we received it and we've been confided and we have been given the gospel to give out, then we need to understand the time and the opposition that comes in the time that we are living. I was thinking about this. The spirit that rules in this world today is so anti-Christ and against all that Christ would have us to be as believers and as saints more than any other time. We need to understand the effects that the spirit of this world has. Because whether we think so or not, we are affected by the spirit of this world. Any pastor who loves his people will tell you that the value of the world is affecting the church. More than ever. It's true. And it's fearful. As preachers of the word, as pastors, as shepherds, as parents, I mean, you may not know this, but in June when we were here looking for God's direction, we received a registered letter at home from the government demanding and requiring that my girls go be subjected to the new morals of the state. They have subjected the Jewish community, the Muslim, and those who homeschool in Christianity to this. And when I called our lawyer, the lawyer said, Pastor, you need to know what this is. Your child, 13 years old, is going to be subjected to four adults, two social workers, a psychiatrist, and a representative of the school board. And in there, there's another adult. And the thing, and so one of the Jewish girls, 13 years old, took her phone. She was smart and savvy, and she recorded a conversation because you're not allowed to have your parent with you. And the opening question that they asked this 13-year-old Jewish girl, who told you you're a girl? And she starts laughing. She says, well, it's pretty obvious I'm a girl. Like, is this a joke? And no laughter. No, this is no joke. You can be what you want. Did your parents tell you you were a child? Because you know that's criminal now. We can arrest your parents for them telling you you're a girl. This is the time we're living. This is what our children are being subjected to. This is where if faith doesn't have a part of their life like little Timothy from his grandmother and his mother, what do you think the generation of our children will have to stand and withstand 
the spirit that is being described here. I believe it behooves us to understand the time that God's called upon us to serve. And <clears throat> I was reflecting about this. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 7 and 9, it says, And God delivered just lot vexed with filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. And the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But can I say, we could say Lot chose, and he did. He chose to make his life towards Sodom and Gomorrah. But we're living in a time where we don't even have choices anymore. We're living in a time where, where this spirit of antichrist and anti-God and, and defying all that go, order that God has put in this world. And it will affect us. Except by the grace of God. By the promise that he said the Lord know how to deliver the godly. By the way, godly means we have some kind of part in it too means a choice we've had to want to have that relationship with the Lord, to have that walk and that closeness with the Lord. The world affects us. The spirit of this world in the hour in which we live, it travails against our flesh and would weaken our faith, especially if we're negligent in our walk and relationship and attentiveness to the Word of God in our lives. We need to resist the effects of the world. It's not popular to be a gospel, practicing, believing, preaching church. It's not, it's not, it is not, uh, trying to think of the English word. Oh, man, it's been a while since I preached in English. It's not popular to be one that says that we submit to God. See, the world wants to say, there's a God in you. That's what they're teaching our kids. There's a God in you. You are a God. No. No. We're, we're just a vile, a vile creation that is in need of a Savior. Psalms 1, verses 1 and 2, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's not the reasoning that's being imposed on us today. Even for work. You can be a 50-year-old man, and now you're having to deal with policies and stuff that are being imposed that are so anti-Scripture and anti-God. How do you walk with wisdom in these ways except that you fear God and you love God like Daniel and his friends, and God gives you wisdom on how to beseech the king and how to have favor from the king? It's not us going to revolt against them. No. That ain't going to do it. It's what God will do. God knows how to do this. And we need to learn, and we need to look to God for that because God needs to maintain his testimony of what he's done in our lives. See, God had a testimony in Jacob, not Jacob in God. God said, I have a testimony in Jacob. And as I was reflecting on this, 
This blessed is a man that walketh not in counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. So many Christians come to church, and they know so much, but they're, they have less time in the Word of God than they have time doing things in church. We need both. We need both. As I was reflecting on these truths, I considered Lot, but I also considered Job and the example he was to us. Living in the spirit of this world that we live in, consider the practice Job had and how God used it. In Job verses, chapter 1, verse 5, and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them, speaking of his children, and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. This is a time as parents, as church believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to be praying for each other. This is a time where it's not easy. There's so many things that would easily distract us from contending for the faith and to being faithful in our walk with the Lord. You can get weary in well-doing. There's a lot that goes on. We ought to be thankful for those who serve and to do so much for us as a church, but we should be praying that they don't grow weary in it either. And I'll tell you one of the best ways is be willing to be used too. Be willing to be used. Our churches, our families, our communities, our world need Christians who fear God like Job, walk with God like Job and Enoch. You know, we don't have to wait for the fires of sin to ravage our homes. I want to say that again. You don't have to wait for the fires of sin to ravage your home before we know the spirit of this world is prevalent. In fact, be preventive. Resist the devil by faith and believe in God. So what would God have us to do in times like this? How are we supposed to be an effective Christian in such darkness, in such spirit of antichrist and God that is there? Jude, chapter 1, verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Take it to heart. Last night, we renewed our awareness of what Christ has done for us. Today, we have the, the occasion to take that refreshed relationship and that awareness anew of the love and the sacrifice and his faithfulness and the promise that he's made to us to say, I want tomorrow to be different than two days ago was. I want, by God's grace, to be able to, to have the Spirit of God to speak into my soul, to speak to my heart, and to allow open the doors as God would and give me the utterance with the wisdom of the Spirit of God in the times that we're living. 
Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's not based on how convenient it is. It's not based on how enjoyable it is. It's not based on how popular it is. No, he said, I, I beseech you that you present your bodies. That, that's, okay, God, I, I like what Andrew does. Have him do some more of that. He didn't say, go present my brother and my sister. By the way, he didn't say for the dad to present the wife to go do things, and he does nothing in church. He didn't say you present your kids, but you sit back and do nothing. It's personal. It's shocking every one of us. It's a reasonable service. But to the point tonight of the spirit of our time, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Know tonight that our Lord knows the hour he's called us to serve. He knows the spirit that surrounds the adversity of us having the freedom to do what God would want. And he stands on our side to strengthen us, to protect us, and to deliver those that the Father have given him. One of my favorite passages in the Word of God and it's, it's relevant to tonight because at 3 o'clock, Christ died on Wednesday. If you know your Bible. But last night, before going out to the garden, on that Tuesday night, taking communion, Judas was already sent away in John. And then you have John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17 where the Lord is showing his love for those 11, having no idea what was waiting ahead of them. They were just shocked. Someone's going to betray him. They had no idea of the mob, of the crucifixion, and everything else that was going to come. And the Lord, he's, he's given us here in, verse seven, in chapter 17, verses 15 to 18, towards the end of that, and he's praying to the Father, and he said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. So many Christians are said, I'm so sick of this messed up world. I'm so anxious for God to take me out. Uh, Christ isn't praying for God to take us out. Because we still have a commission to do. We still have a job to do. I heard someone say recently, are you looking for the rapture? And he said, no. And the person said, why is that? Well, it's not because I'm not saved. It's because I think I have two children who are not. And if I'm gone, then who's going to give them the gospel? Yes, the day will come when being with the Lord is going to be the sum of our joy and glory. But you know what? God's not willing that any should perish. There's still the essence and the need for the gospel to be preached and to be given. Pastor shared with me that 
he's been burdened. There's people coming that he knows they're needing to get saved and the Spirit, but he, you can't make them get saved. It has to be the Spirit of God, but, but we have an adversity going on right now. We have a spirit in this world that is just roaring. It's, the lion is roaring as all get out against what God wants to do. The devil senses his time is coming short. Christ prayed for them when the gates of hell were unleashed to destroy them. And they didn't know it. And I wonder, how aware are we as Christians, as parents, as the people of God, the times we live, and the hate, and the venom, and the deceitfulness of the devil undermining, trying to do everything to shut down the churches of God and the, the gospel of Jesus Christ going out. As I said tonight, I'm being candid with you. It's not a message of point one, two, three, and all this. I'm asking us to be in reflection as we prepare to celebrate the Resurrection Sunday. That day was the power over death. And that day, that power is still alive today. That power is still available today. That power is the, where we need to, to attach our affection and our heart and our minds to that truth. Finally, I want to give an example that God, when I was reading this, it just rejoiced my heart. And I'll close with this because I think I've been longer than I was supposed to. But there's an example of God's people living in an apostate time. And in that time of apostasy, there was where God is having to rebuke Israel and God's even have to tell them that you're cursed and and all of this, not because God wanted to curse him. See, in Malachi, this is where we're going to go in chapter 1, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi, I have loved you. I have loved you, God said. And hast loved, and ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? And we know the spirit that they say in verse, end of verse 6, Wherein have we despised thy name? And they're giving leftovers to God. I'm not going to preach the book of Malachi, but I just want us to understand the spirit of those who said they know God, they serve God, they were in the temple, they were offering their, their sacrifices, cheating on the side and doing all of this. Oh, they were there confessing their sins. Yeah. They were an apostate. They were an apostate. Even the priests were not being honest with God and being true before God. And we see this through going there, but then come to chapter 3. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. The Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. What's he speaking of? John the Baptist. Jesus Christ. 400 years. It's the last revealed word of God for 400 years. There is a prophecy here. 
that God sent in His Son, the Messiah. John chapter 1, you see, there was a man sent from God. He was there to introduce the Lamb of God. That's prophesied here. To a people of God who were apostate in their relationship with God. They're saying, what does God have a problem with me for? What have I done? But yet, look at God's faithfulness to tell them the truth and what He's going to do. As you go through this, the spirit of the day, He said, He may abide that day of His coming. Who shall abide that day of it? Who shall stand when He appeareth? For He shall, like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap, and he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Speaking of Jesus Christ himself. But you know what? When the Lord came, they didn't accept him. Palm Sunday they did, but by Wednesday they're crying crucify him. They're crying crucify him. But in that spirit of that day, this is what God blessed my soul with. It's not about the ties and the robbery. Yes, that's there. I'm not taken away from that. But look, the spirit of God's people and of the time of the apostasy where there would be no more revealed word from God until John the Baptist. Look at this. Then they, verse 16, that feared the Lord, spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened. We're living in a time where our conversation means much. Not the conversation just to the world outside, but to the conversation between us. I was struck, God struck me on this, then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened, and he heard it. And the Lord <clears throat> hearkened, heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And God said, They shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then ye shall return and discern between righteous and wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. And it crossed my mind last night. It's like God was bringing that in our service. You know how important it is that we speak of God's faithfulness to each other? You know, we can, we can edify our faith as a church or we can distract our faith as a church. We can focus on all that is not right, that's not easy, that is hard, that's unpleasant, that's not like speaking of with the things with the girls, or we can put our focus onto what God is doing in spite of the spirit of the day. We can encourage each other to contend for our faith. We can put the value of what God's promises are be by our conversations. Not the conversations we have when others from the church are listening, but the conversations in our home, the conversations that our 
children here. Oh, the pastor went so long. The pastor did this. The pastor, or did you hear so-and-so? Listen, last night was an occasion to get right with the Lord and with each other. But you know how to stay right? Fear the Lord. Encourage each other to love God. Bring a conversation, bring an edification of Brother Bauer. Look, he's here tonight. That's God that did that. That's answered prayer. Our children need to know God's real. Our children need to know God answers prayers. What conversation does God hear from our homes? What conversation does God hear behind closed doors when we're with family, friends, co-workers, or even the lost? There's, there's one conversation that God was drawn to. The ones that remembered the great and mighty works of the Lord. And the Bible said they spake often one to another. Just a word of encouragement. Just a word saying... I'm so glad God did that for you. And we shouldn't be ashamed. We shouldn't be shy to say what God has done for us. Because therein gives encouragement and edification and glory to God. It's just a thought tonight. But I want to ask you. Has the, has the frustration of the spirit of this world affected us so much that we can't have a peaceful thought at home and say, look what God has done for me. The Bible says, fret not for evildoers. And it's a very useful tool the devil has to distract those who God would want to use to serve him, to be distracted. I would ask tonight, is there a way that God can encourage us not to succumb to the spirit of this age? And I would tell you there is. The Word of God. And you pray for the pastor. You know why? Because it's the Word of God being lifted up that keeps the power of God and the Spirit of God free to work. And that's the need we have as a church. That's the need we have as homes in the church. That's the need you all have. And my prayer for you young ones. Because I cannot conceive how I would have been at 10 years old meeting someone who I didn't know was a man or a woman. And our children are facing that all the time. 